There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. This is The Grill, live at the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens. Indeed it is. This is The Grill, live down here at the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens. A very significant Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens as well, their 50th anniversary. This is a special grill down here throughout the course of the next three hours when we'll take in the finals for both the uh, women's and, of course, the men's uh, competition. So make sure uh, you keep it locked here on Dubai I 103.8. It's not just about the rugby, though, Mark Archer uh, and, of course, Carlos van Rosenfeld alongside me. Arch, a packed schedule in the Premier League today. Yeah. Yeah, plenty of uh, Premier League matches to look forward to. Early kickoff is at Goodison. Everton taking on Chelsea. Everton in absolute disarray, but I can tell you after five minutes, the big Brazilian Richarlson has scored with a header. And after yeah, 32 minutes gone on that match, Everton won. Chelsea nil. That could be a massive upset and a, and a big game for Duncan Ferguson, the interim manager of Everton at the moment, Tom. CBR obviously keeping an eye on all the rugby down here. There is rugby taking place around the world this evening as well. Absolutely, Tom. And as we speak about that, Toulon are taking on London Irish as we speak. The big man, Ibn Etzebet, makes his debut for Toulon tonight. And what I can tell you is seven minutes played, Toulon five, London Irish zero. You fellas have been down here over the course of the last few days. 50th anniversary of the uh, Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens. How's it been, Archie? Oh, it's been fantastic. And and 50 years uh, and still going strong. What an event we've seen this year. We've seen the culmination of men's and ladies competition on pitch one at the elite level. We've seen Kylie Minogue perform last night. It's all elite. happening. Elite as well. And so it's, there's so much to talk about. It's just been some wonderful games on the pitch as well. We've seen some amazing matches today. And we've got two blockbuster finals to look forward to, Tom. Um, let me mark your cards here. 6.30, it'll be New Zealand ladies taking on Canada. Bit of an upset there with Canada defeating Australia in the semi-final. And then and the final, many purists always want to see. It's Carlos Van Roosevelt, South Africa versus my New Zealand. And I'm saying, Tom, I'm going to call it now. It's a New Zealand double in the desert. <laughs> it's great to have a Kiwi and a Springbok sitting alongside each other as well. Carlos, how have you called it over the last 24? Na, 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 na. Of course, Tom, has been absolutely fantastic. Kylie Minogue. What was that? That's one of her future, that? future songs, Tom. Oh, dear. But to me, karaoke but to me one of the big highlights was the A380 coming over here yesterday, Tom. How low? Unbelievable. How low? unbelievable but besides everything happening off the pitch rugby on the pitch has been fantastic two great performances through the blitz book and of course new zealand i think it's going to be a fantastic final and as you say the big surprise to me was australian ladies losing in that semi-final to Canada. i was expecting them to be in the final they were actually favorites for the tournament and as you say new zealand taking on canada in that women's final will be another cracker well that's that's one surprise we've seen but what about fiji the first time in 21 years they haven't made a cup or an hsbc cup quarter-final stage. Uh, they lost to Argentina and then they went out on points differential. So that's a massive upset. The Fijians always uh, crowd favourites here, always popularly supported, always a team you always expect to be there or thereabouts come semi-final final time and then knocked out this year. So that's a massive uh, blow for Fijian Sevens. But it's going to be a cracking final for me. The best two teams in the men's competition, New Zealand and South Africa, are going to go head-to-head -head in the final and uh, again, it's a, it's, it's a joy to watch that match. This is The Grill. We're live all the way through till 8pm this evening, live here on Dubai I-103.8. Lots of rugby to look forward to lots of very special guests. Where do we start with those special guests? Uh, well, obviously, uh, we had Kylie in town. Yes, it's not often that you've got a more high-profile Australian sitting opposite you than Kylie Minogue, but that's exactly who that's, we have that's here. That's debatable as well. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you debate that, Mr. Mark Archer. Over 130 caps uh, for his country. He is Australia's most internationally capped player. He's a record-breaker. He's a leader. He's winner of several Super Rugby titles, two-time Tri-Nation winner as well. Captain Australia to numerous players. 
Bledisloe Cup victories. We'll let Archie get involved in that one a little later on. Rugby World Cup finalist in 2003, a winner of the Rugby World Cup in 1999. He is a Sport Australia Hall of Famer. He is a World Rugby Hall of Famer. Uh, but above all of that, he is the HSB, or one of the HSBC's Rugby Global Ambassadors. Mr Georgie Gregan is alongside us. George, good to have you on board. Good to be back, always, gentlemen. Nice to have you. How's it been? This, I mean, this is not your first rodeo. Mm. You've been down here before. You've been uh, around the circuit as well with the yeah. Sevens. Uh, how does this compare? Yeah, this has been amazing. I've, I've, I started with HSBC 2011 here. This is my first gig, and it's been a, a great ride ever since. But also over that time, which is a course of like eight, going into nine years now, is the fact that it really has developed. HSBC's been there. They've been a spo title sponsor for over 10 years and seen the development in the men's and women's uh, program, not just here on the HSBC World 7 Series, but also how that's impacted 2016, first time into the Olympics, 2020 is going to be in Tokyo. But what we spoke about earlier, like the men's and women's play concurrently six of the eight tournaments on the tour. They're going to be doing what they've done in this tournament here to kick off the series. Three days of to uh, tournament play on the main pitch, showcasing the great skill sets uh, and I think the great athleticism and speed, which is sevens, and the great fun festival atmosphere. And you see this around here in Dubai. I think Dubai does it the best in terms of making it family friendly and coordinating, I think, what is, uh, I think, always a case with sport. Brings communities together, brings families together, the competition of sport. Mate, talk to me for a moment about um, the pressure of sport because you've been in some seriously uh, pressurised situations in some of the biggest games uh, uh, in, in the world of rugby. Do any of that compare to having to share a stage with Brian Habana over the course of two days? <laughs> well, sharing a stage with Brian Habana, and I must say, Danielle Waterman, it's been awesome being uh, part of the HSBC ambassador team on this particular trip, and they are funny. There's lots of stories, lots of fun times, which I think epitomises what rugby is, and more importantly, I think uh, people get to see the other side of rugby. There's always times we've played against these people. I played against Brian Habana from 2005 till I retired in 2007. But the mateship, camaraderie and experiences that you share post-rugby but also um, around rugby is really, really critical. And uh, I think that's, that's showcased in this particular event. And George, one of the nice things we always say year in, year out with the Sevens is it's not just the, the players that are doing it on the field, some big names there. It's all the players that come together and play for the different charity teams. I'm sure you're bumping into guys that you either played, played with, played against, you know, a year, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, all here doing different things for different different charities, different organisations. It's, it's just a smorgasbord of rugby, good and great, and that's just amazing. We, I look at some photos um, early in the week, and uh, the late great, I was sitting where you were, next to Chester Williams, yeah. doing an interview. And just the guests that we've managed to have over, over the last decade, we talk about Emirates Airline, the, the 50th anniversary, but we've been doing the show for sort of 10 years now. And the amazing people and the up close and personal, and everyone's interacting and having a lot of fun. And I guess it's really amazing for you to come back and see so many friends and, and, and good you know, people from the rugby community. If you just nailed it. 100%. That's what rugby is all about, and it is showcased here at Dubai Sevens. We actually got and saw some, got out to the backfields and saw some rugby today, um, and it was getting to the final stages, men's and women's. Uh, some teams were playing for the first time. A women's team got into the finals, um, and it wasn't the case five, ten years ago when I was here. To see that, and to see how everyone's enjoying, I guess the, the spirit of rugby is, is showcased here. And yeah, and there's a lot of former players I saw over in the DHL tent. There was big Simon Shaw. Saw a bit of Shawsy during Rugby World Cup. 2019 and he's looking in good form but that's the case and uh, I saw Percy Montgomery seeing the Bockers the Blitz Bockers and maybe there's a sign there and obviously I'm doing a bit of work with Brian Habana but I saw him a lot during the Rugby World Cup but I think this is what rugby's all about um, 
there's the ex-player side of things, which we, we obviously get to experience. But more importantly, it's passing on. We do a lot of grassroots. I talked that with HSBC. I think there's that, that aspect, which you see there's a lot of young kids, male, female, young kids, young girls, young boys, who are inspired by what they see on the main pitch, but also what they see outside from a community and, a, I guess, uh, getting involved in what is a wonderful sport. George, what do you think rugby is doing different to other sports? That there's this mutual respect, mutual camaraderie, where we often don't see it in football or in other team sports around the world. Yeah, it's a good question. I think what the word respect is a huge part of rugby, um, and I think humility, teamwork, working hard together. Um, a lot of sports do that, but um, rugby really does epitomise those things. And the word respect, I think particularly for the person who's in the middle, which is the official, uh, there's a lot of respect towards that. And I think that the referees uh, for the men's and women's sevens team in the seven series do an incredible job because it's so fast-paced. And what I've seen in terms of the evolution over the last five, ten years is just the speed of the game, the collisions, and the speed of the decisions, the pressure that's involved um, for the man in the middle or for the woman in the middle who's making those really key decisions is fantastic. But the players understand players aren't perfect. People in the middle aren't perfect, but there's respect about, okay, they didn't quite get it right, but, hey, have a look at this. Maybe we can look at it uh, uh, differently next time you see that sort of, uh, that sort of picture sir, madam, the referee, that's how they talk. And I think that's what's really special about rugby. George, now we, now we know you were a player back in the days. You used to enjoy chatting to the ref quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> always from a, always from a good place. Just, just tell me something, from a captain's perspective, were there certain refs that you would push the limit a little bit more than other refs yeah, and, yeah. and what to say at what time? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yes, the answer is definitely yes. We, we had a file about as big as what Tom's got in front of him about referees. So we used to do a bit of CSI Miami on our referees, um, knowing things like, um, do they like pets? Is it a dog? Do they like cricket? All sort of stuff. Um, what's their favourite food? What's their favourite country? We used to like, uh, for example... Chris White was a wonderful referee from England. He loved his cricket. He played a bit of county cricket. So we're getting in there. Ashes time. Sometimes we played over against South Africa. And he was the he was the rep. And there was some good Ashes games going on. We had a great series in 2005. Talk a bit of cricket. What about Glenn McGrath's spell last week? Oh, yes, yesterday. Da, da, da. And he wants to talk cricket. And he said, and by the way, I know you missed the second sort of infringement, the breakdown. But if you're consistent on that, that's no problem. But no, how good's the Ashes at the moment? <laughs> that's the sort of banter we had came from a good place and by the way next breakdown we may have got the penalty because he did look at that he did look at that infringement Bucky's Boite he came in off the line came through the gate it's funny it's funny you say that George I was at a sports summit sort of a sports business conference on Thursday and they had three bigwigs from the world of sport Brett Gosper uh, CEO of World Rugby uh, they had someone uh, one of the chief exec, executive guys from the ICC and one of the heads of the basketball the FIBA basketball organisation all talking about their different respective World Cups they all hosted this year and obviously it was an amazing cricket World Cup, fantastic final. Not quite sure how the result worked out the way it did. Uh, rugby World Cup in Japan, big success. And then basketball was in China, so a massive market for them. And I asked the question at the end of the sort of the, 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 the presentations and, and, and the banter on stage. I said, what would each of you take from each other's sport to make each sport better? And Brett Gosper and, and the cricket ICC and World Rugby said we'd love to get a hold of the Chinese market and the Indian market, which is obviously big there for, for cricket and for, and for rugby. And the guy from uh, FIBA, the basketball said, I'd love to get the same respect for officials that rugby and cricket, the ethos of the game, the culture of the game, the ways the, the players in both sports treat the umpires, treat the referees, you know, good decisions, bad decisions, VAR, you know, all these the, the, the TMOs, 
they, then they just get on with the game. And so that was that was interesting, similar to your point there of that factor. Yeah, well, it's important. I think in rugby and, uh, and cricket to a degree, like the, the person in the middle, it's their decision, and they get encouraged to make a decision, which I liked in the Rugby World Cup. There's a bit of change where the team I was getting too much involved. I think the man in the middle, which is the referee or the woman in the middle who makes that decision, um, owns it. And that's, that's a responsibility of the referee. And then they can get that reinforced and supported by other technology, which they do in cricket and they do in rugby, but ultimately it's the person who's officiating in the middle, which is the referee or it's the umpire in cricket, and you respect that decision. Sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. But over the course of a match, over the course of a season or seasons plural, you know, the rubber green does balance itself out. And I think people understand that. And that's why it's really hard because as everything gets faster and faster and there's more, I guess, analysis particularly you look at social media, there's often trial by social media, there's a lot of pressure on those people who are officiating and I think you've got to respect them, you've got to understand they're human beings and you've got to give them the support but you've also got to encourage them to own their decisions I think that's what we do well in terms of rugby and also cricket. Just four more minutes, uh, George, just four more minutes of your time if that's all right. Four? Just four. four just four. Minutes? Just four okay. more minutes. So that's right, Archie. Okay, just checking. Jibing the old uh, Kiwi over there. Don't worry about that. Uh, we. I just want to get your thoughts uh, on 2020. Obviously, we're coming to the end of 2019. Significant year uh, for the world of rugby after a very significant, successful Rugby World Cup. Um, given the fact that that's got a big thumbs up from the world of sport, how important is Rugby Sevens at Olympics 2020 to continue this momentum? Yeah, I think it's 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 super important, and there's a great uh, there's a great platform that's been laid by what we see here and what we're experiencing ourselves here with the HSBC World 7 Series, where there's, as I said, there's 10 tournaments for the men, there's eight tournaments for the women, um, and that's just growing the game and giving opportunities for countries, which aren't your normal sort of rugby strong nations, so to speak, if you look at it historically, but there's a chance to qualify and play in the Olympics and be an Olympian and potentially play for a medal. That's extremely powerful. We saw that in 2016. I know the impact it had with our, our women's sevens team winning a gold medal in terms of the growth and participation going like this in terms of growing exponentially for women participation. I've got two young teenage daughters who love touch footy and they're inspired by what they see and that's the power of sport. Uh, and I think what they will do in 2020 in Japan is very much like very much like what we saw with the Rugby World Cup. They will exhibit and put on an incredible Olympic Games. Um, the Japanese people are super respectful. Uh, they, they, they're really great hosts. It'll be very calm, it'll be very peaceful, but there'll be the words respect and all those things we, yeah. we associate with rugby will be associated in this uh, Olympic Games. And it's a perfect platform for people to say, hang on, this rugby game, men's and women's sevens, and that new stadium, I'm not sure if it's going to be played in that Olympic Stadium, wherever it's played, they're going to have a lot of people watching it off, particularly off the back. They'll piggyback off what they saw in 2019 and the excitement of what we see over here for three days. That's a good ticket to have in 2020. And I think rugby will just go to another level and it'll build on what they did in 2016. Uh, Crow, it's been absolutely amazing having you here. Uh, we will explain that in just a little while. These two looking on a little blankly there. Uh, George, it's been absolutely amazing. Listen, you did this as a favour to us because I know it's not part of the official HSBC schedule. So really appreciate you coming on. How's it been this weekend? I mean, this is not the first gig that you've done down here. How's it compared? No, it's been amazing. And I think you're probably just what reiterating what we've spoken about in terms of the fact that it's, it's coordinated with both men's and yeah. women's on the main pitch, seeing the athleticism and speed and, and I guess the competitiveness, which is, is just rampant in sevens. And there's no, there's no given. Like you, sp you spoke about, oh, the Australian women's team are expected yeah. to beat Canada. I mean, they're the games which are like the banana skins. Yeah. The ones you're expected to win are the hardest ones. And you see that all the time in sevens. So, you know... And what I love about the Sevens tournaments, it doesn't matter where it is, the teams which play in the finals, they've earned their right to be in the finals because they've been the consistent and when it's time to play, they've delivered. 
Really good of you to take time to come and have a quick chat with us. Thank you so much indeed uh, for... Are you back? Are you down to Cape Town from here or are you back well, I'm in Cape Town. I'll pass that on to Brian and, and the South Africa. All my... All my hospital all pass my, there, yeah, yeah. Little, No, easy. Like a soft, sympathetic <laughs> pass. He'll just run a hole and he'll make him look good and score another try. <laughs> <laughs> Georgie, I heard you're due in Melbourne for a certain uh, President's Cup next week. President's Cup, definitely. We'll ch- try and cheer the uh, President's Cup. They haven't won there since... They've never won it since 1998. I remember being there, so... Captain Tiger? Captain Tiger, it's great to see him. I was actually was lucky enough to play a hole with Tiger and obviously with Rory McIlroy. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Brian, Tugged it a bit left. Brian Habana, Rory McIlroy. Snap hooked one, didn't you? That wasn't a snap hook. It was just a strong, <laughs> just a strong shot. Strong compressed it, yeah. Just poor, just off target, but yeah. Jason Day hit. Yep. It. it was a team effort, mate. It wasn't about my shot. Jason Day hit it in close. We made birdie. Say what? That must have been amazing just to, just to play the whole with Tiger. That must be a career highlight. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I've, I met Tiger in, through through Michael Campbell about ten years ago, and he's a great guy. And he was like, it was like we we caught up yesterday, and it was really uh, he's, he's he's an amazing guy, and it's great to see him back doing what he does, which is winning. And he's Tiger Woods. He's the Pied Piper. Everyone goes to watch him, and he played really well that week. So if he stays healthy and looks after his body, which he's doing. He'll be in contention. The man knows how to win. Greg's good on you, mate. I'll let you get on now. It's time for you to enjoy yourself as well. I'll let you get back uh, to the uh, HSBC ambassadors and the HSBC tent down here uh, at uh, the first stop of the World Rugby HSBC 7 Series. George Gregan, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Good to see you guys. We'll take a short break. When we come back, more international talent coming your way in a few moments' time. This is The Grill, live at the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby 7s. Uh, 8pm this evening, we're going to see in the uh, finals for both the women's and the men's competitions and what has been, um, well, one that's lived up to the billing, the 50th anniversary uh, of the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens. Nolly, 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 naughty nolly uh, out there. They're all down here at the moment. So you've got to tell us, Tom. Everyone is being, uh, everyone's in good moods and with good reason as well. Uh, Mark Archer's got an update for us, half-time scores. Yeah, early kickoff in today's uh, Premier League is Everton at home to Chelsea. And I can tell you, an upset's on the cards here. Duncan Ferguson has taken charge as the interim Everton boss. And I can tell you, it's the Brazilian, Richarlson, has opened the scoring after five minutes with a header. So at half-time, it's Everton who lead Chelsea 1-0 uh, Two, three, three PM kickoffs to include uh, in, in the discussion. Bournemouth at home to Liverpool. Spurs will host Burnley, and of course, Tom. We've all forgotten about it. It's the Manchester derby later on tonight. Indeed it is. Uh, and a small matter of a world title fight as well. Not far from here down in Saudi Arabia. Let's get to the rugby. What's happening in the rugby, uh, CBR? Yeah, Tom, what I can tell you in the Challenge Cup, it's Toulouse taking on London Irish. They lead that fixture 10 points to zero, 25 minutes played. And, of course, in the Champions Cup, it's Leinster taking on Northampton Saints. Leinster leading that one 14 points to 10, 25 minutes played. One man who will be listening on with interest to that is former Northampton Saints uh, legend himself also played a bit of rugby down in Toulon, Newcastle Falcons, uh, amongst others, and of course for England as well. A couple of caps uh, for the national team. Tom May, friend of the show, is with us, and alongside him, a man mountain as well, making his debut this year for joining Jack, a uh, worthy addition as well, an Aussie rugby league legend. Sharks, Panthers, New South Wales, Australia uh, for league, uh, winner of uh, NRL premierships, NRL grand finals, and of course, a stalwart of State of Origin Series victories. Luke Lewis is alongside us. Luke, let's start with you if that's all right. How's it been, buddy? How's it been? You've enjoyed it? Oh, it's been absolutely amazing. I, I, words can't describe how good this weekend's been. Uh, I had the opportunity to come into camp, meet some of the boys I've never had a, a chance to talk to before. Uh, it feels like I've known them for years. Uh, it's been an amazing uh, an event. 
it's something that I've watched a lot on TV, but to have the opportunity to come out here and, and play some uh, rugby tens, uh, absolutely amazing. And to do it for a, a great cause in the joining Jacks, I uh, wouldn't want to be anywhere anywhere else in the world than to be in Dubai at the moment. But what's interesting about joining Jack, and they've got a rich history in this tournament and do a number of great events around the world, is is the blending of leagueies with unions as well. Was there a bit of concern for you coming into camp with the union boys shouting orders at you from behind? No, absolutely not. It's something I was really looking forward to because unions always interested me. It's something that I always wanted to do when I was a kid, but I never had the opportunity to do it. Um, but to come in and learn what I've learned, to, to actually go into a scrum, it's totally different to do under what we do in rugby league. Um, in rugby league, we basically just get in there, it's rest time. Now you come to a scrum here, and uh, I know all the guys are probably past their time, but the pressure, the amount of pressure that's in a scrum, absolutely mind-blowing. So, look, it's been a, a great experience and something I'd love to go back and obviously tell the kids and the wife, but to tell some of the boys that, uh, that are playing in the top level back there in the NRL uh, what I experienced over the weekend has been nothing but spot on. Tom May is alongside you, a man who's pulled on these colours for joining Jack on numerous occasions. Talk us through the weekend. Uh, good results on Thursday, good results yesterday, just coming up short a little earlier on today. Yeah, look, I think it's a different structure and, and when you get to 40, as you well know... Oh, tell me about it. When was that? It was years ago. <laughs> it's quite difficult to get up in the morning after you've been out a bit of a run around the day before. Um, but what a privilege it is to play with the, you know, the fellows that have come over from Australia... Uh, the guys that have played in the Super League. Um, look, us as union guys, there was myself, Dan Brown and Nick Easton this year. Um, and there's a bit of a, an education process, I think, in terms of the, the ruck and the line-out and the, sc the scrums. Um, I got shoved in at hooker today. And, and, and uh, Nick Easton said to me, um, mate, just kick it through the other side. <laughs> Have you seen the length of my legs? <laughs> I was basically just swinging there. I was like, I'm not kicking anything through, bud. <laughs> These guys were enormous that we that we played today in the in the quarterfinal. It was um, look, it was it was really disappointing. I think that I think that was the the thing that certainly uh, Lukey and I we, we had a couple of chats on the bus uh, on the way out here um, during the week. And look, you, you start you want to have a great week. Yeah. Um, and you want to enjoy yourself, but actually, when it gets to you an opportunity where you arrive at a place like this with an opportunity to play in there, suddenly it becomes a bit serious. And actually, you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. So I think we're pretty disappointed with this morning. Um, but look, it, it, it's an amazing opportunity to get together in a team environment again uh, and have a just have a bit of a crack together. Um, and raise the awareness for, for the charity as well, a charity that you've worked so hard uh, to help uh, Alex, uh, Andy and all the rest of the Johnson family in, in the fight to, to try and raise awareness about uh, uh, Duchenne disease and uh, muscular uh, for, for young Jack, who's here as well and a great ambassador. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jack and James come out. Jack, Jack's obviously got uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Uh, is an amazing child. No, you know, no matter what he says to you, um, you know, he came into the into the huddle after we lost, and I, I don't know about you, Lukey, but I was certainly like biting my lip because I felt like I'd let him down. Um, and that, as a group, I, you know, he's he's a great kid. Alex and AJ do an amazing job in terms of raising awareness for this charity. Um, the amount of effort that goes into to putting on something like this, and I think in terms of my understanding of what goes on to put on an event, now that I've actually taking my boots off yeah. you know coming, coming to an event like it doesn't just turn up and happen there's there's so much work that goes into something like this it's, it's amazing yeah just one thing on young jack i've never met jack uh, young he's a 10 year old kid he is the most happiest kid i've seen he, he comes into the speeches just before we run out he gives us a motivating speech and one thing that hit me 
uh, with, with Jack. He said he came in and said, "I've got the heart, but you've got the legs." And for me, for him to come in and say that with the way with what he's going through and what he has to you have you know, deal with, he is unbelievable. This young kid, but um, yeah, look, just why I've got the opportunity to say uh, to to AJ and Alex what they have done and the uh, the amount of awareness that they've raised. Um, and the amount of money that they've raised to get to where they are today. Absolutely amazing what they've done. And to be a part of it and hopefully be a part of it for a long, long time to come. Uh, yeah, look, these two guys are absolutely idolised. And Luke, we're lucky to speak to another Australian legend. Georgie Gregan was up here for the chat, and he's been around all weekend doing his thing. And it's not just joining Jacks. Look, you've probably come across some of the teams you're playing. It's some amazing charities. You know, we've got the, the Bali legend. That's a great cause as well, very close to us in the Southern Hemisphere, very relevant. But also the, the Christina Noble guys. Everyone's got worthy causes. So I guess it's, it's one of the nice things that when it brings leagueies together with, with rugby guys, which is, which is fantastic. Did they have, but on the field, have, have the competitive juices been flowing? Have you really wanted to put a couple of hits in and really, once you're out there, it's, uh, it's game on again, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, the whole reason I retired is because I, I hated game day. I absolutely hated game day, getting prepared and your preparation and turning up and having those nerves and jittery feels. As soon as we pulled up here on Thursday, we walked in, we seen the stadium, I was thinking all I want to do is play in that big stadium. Uh, we took everything for granted. I played 19 years over in the NRL. Uh, we used to play in some beautiful stadiums and, um, yeah, look, to, to get an opportunity to come here and play in front of the crowd that we've, had, we've played in front of, but to play against some of these players and to play, against, play with some of these players that have played on the big arena and the big stage, uh, it's been nothing but mind-blowing. I'll tell you what, the size of these guys, I couldn't imagine when they were in their prime, but at the moment, mate, it was, they're that hard to tackle. It, it's unbelievable. It, it, that's ridiculous. You, just say, just say, you said I'm the size saying. of the guys. Uh, have you looked in the mirror lately, mate? <laughs> <laughs> you're quite a big lad. I'll be honest with you. I feel tiny. I feel <laughs> tiny out there on the field. Uh, yeah. Now you're sat next to me. Now you feel like a monster. <laughs> so I, I'm looking. I'm looking at these guys. The, the difference between league players and union players. So we came up against a side that beat us in the in their quarterfinals today, that were union players. The dip, a big union player is very different to a big league player. So Luke made a break yesterday, and I was like, oh, on the first day, sorry. I was like, well, just get it with him, because he's a big lad. And I was like, oh my, no, he can shift. So don't bother getting with him. Whereas one of the lads today, it, on, the, on the side that beat us, if he'd made a line break, I mean, all 10 of us would have caught him. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all about weight, and it, it, it's just a different dynamic. It's really weird how a, how a rugby game could be so different. Yeah. Look, looking at the two games now, you've obviously experienced a bit of rugby today. That was tennis side. What is the biggest challenge for a league player to, to, to convert into the union game? Yeah, look, for me, I just... Game management, for me, when you play rugby league, you sort of... Because I played it for such a long time, I knew exactly where I needed to be. I knew how to manage my energy. Uh, with rugby uh, union uh, today, uh, knowing where to be on the field, where the ball was going to go, how the players were going to plan out. Obviously, uh, field position. I think uh, rugby is all about field position. Uh, today, when we come up and, and we lost in, in the in the final today, they were kicking very well. Uh, they were kicking deep. They were trying to find touch to get a line out because we weren't very good at line outs. Uh, purely because we got a lot of rugby league. Imagine um, trying to lift in <laughs> in our side and, uh, and and the rucking. The rucking, like I said earlier, I've never felt pressure like it. So for me, the line outs and the rucking. But um, besides, I think if we had a little bit more time together to, to have a bit of practice, I think we would have well went a lot better, but um, hopefully next year we're uh, 10 times better than what we Having were Having had a taste of rugby union, and we've seen many high-profile players switch codes both ways o o over the generations. You know, Sonny Bill Williams has played both. Uh, Brad Thorne was successful at, at both. Jason Robinson was a great example of a, of a world-class player in both levels. Do you ever sort of wish back, oh, I wish I had a chance sometime in my career to actually play it at, at the top level if, if that had happened? Well, sometime in my career, have you seen the shape of this man? Australian <laughs> rugby need a man like this back. I reckon he's got a great chance. 
Yeah, you, you know what? Your call. <laughs> Thanks for the rap. I might hang around you boys all day, but um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I would. I, after having the experience I've had this weekend at, at the, uh, the Dubai Sevens, uh, the 50 years, I would. Uh, I would love to be able to turn back time and, and have an opportunity to play rugby union because I just think it's. Um, it offers a lot of opportunity. It offers a lot of uh, learning, and I, I absolutely do believe that. Um, you know, to be able to be good at both sports would be nothing better. Like you said, you just mentioned Sonny Bill Williams. He is an athlete. I had the opportunity to play with him in rugby. I played against him in rugby league. He was an absolute specimen. To see what he's done on the rugby union field, unbelievable. Boxes um, a little bit as well when he yeah, has some spare time. Boxing, mate. Anything he can get the money in that back pocket, but I tell you what, he's an, he deserves everything he's got because he's an absolute superstar. I think one thing I would say about the, the guys that uh, AJ and Alex have recruited... You, you probably say you've got the, the, the best players in terms of they can actually cross over into different codes. Um, Dan Brown, who's, who obviously played with us today, who's a, who's a union boy. Um, Nick Easter has nearly signed with Wigan. I nearly signed with Wigan. There's a lot of guys, that, from, from my perspective, it, it, from the league players, that could have absolutely torn rugby union to pieces. And, and, it, and it's, it's an understanding about the game of rugby it's not it's not just got you know i'm a back row right my role is to just truck it up take contact go through the floor you know these you know stephen wilde he's you know he's played for brad the bulls he, his ability to just fend people off and produce an offload then that's the difference um i played with sonny bill williams in in toulon and one of the first things that that, that, that he had then apart from being literally double my height um was was the fact that actually and I think this was one of the issues that we had we had over the weekend was where you would go through the floor in Union, suddenly Sonny Bill Williams would be like, no, no, I can still get that way. And, you know, there was probably three, four occasions over two games where the ball, the ball hit me in the face and literally hit me in the face because you don't expect it to come off the floor. These guys' ability to get through contact and find a way to, to keep the ball alive is amazing. Um, and, and, and that's the difference between the, It's a subtle difference. But it's an amazing difference to, to, to keep alive between two, two different sports. Tom, how, how does the recruitment work for the for your joining chat? It's a good it's a good email database. <laughs> you uh, are you a good bloke? Yes. Okay. Take the box. Uh, do you do you fancy Dubai? Uh, it's December. It's pretty decent weather. Uh, maybe not as decent for these fellas, but from from a UK perspective, <laughs> we're doing all right over here. Uh, and and then you know what I think is it's the guys that actually understand the charity. They understand why we're doing it. Yes, look, we want to. We come over here and actually, it narrows down as you get closer to the point where you might end up in there, in the in the main stadium. Actually, we're doing this for Jack. We're doing it for the for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. We're doing it to raise awareness. Um, you know, the boys have got all social media profiles that are through the roof. We you try and use. So do you, Tom. Don't do yourself. Yeah, look, hey, look, there, you know. uh, uh, look. I've seen I, a couple I, of your videos. You know, you, they're very good indeed. You, you know, quite like my videos. ranting yeah. videos. Yeah, don't I do you? like the dog walks. They're very good indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Lukey's seen these yet. Well, well, but I know he's giving me a follow, so he'll see them soon. <laughs> you really are missing out, Lukey. I promise you. I can't wait to be honest. <laughs> you know, the, the musings of Tom May at 5:30 in the morning in on Richmond Park. They called me Victor Major. Uh, listen, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Tom May, I'm assuming that you will be back. Is that for sure? Would you would you, would you be back for, for more if Johnny and Jack come knocking? Hey, listen, if, if they'll have me, I'll, I'll be back for more because, it's a, A, it's a brilliant cause. B, it's just brilliant to play with some, some unbelievable players. Look, I'll be 41 next year. You, you wouldn't tell it from the colour of my hair, but you're OK, look. I know 
things are deceiving. Sort of Pepper, mate. Sort of Pepper. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant to have you here. And Lukey Lewis, who's making uh, his debut for joining Jack this year, only retired from uh, the world of NRL last year. Last year, am I doing you a disservice there or not? Uh, yeah, it was about this a year, year and a half ago. About a year and a half ago. Let's yeah, we'll call it last year anyway. Yeah. Uh, Lukey, uh, you've uh, played your first game, not only for joining Jack, but also, I'm assuming, here in Dubai. We've got the head of rugby uh, here in the UAE alongside me. We're going to be speaking to him in just a few moments' time. Uh, coming into the tournament, what were your expectations, and have they, uh, have they lived up to those expectations, or have you had your eyes open to a certain degree? Yeah, like I said, I, I watched this tournament back home. I absolutely love it. It's lived up to my expectations and some. I, uh, I, I couldn't... Uh, you know, go out and represent this place. Uh, words cannot describe how good this weekend is. From Thursday till today, it's been nothing but mind-blowing to have the opportunity to play out in these fields, to play against the players that I've played with, and to come up uh, and you know, have the opportunity to see uh, what Rugby Union can offer. You know what? It's, it's made me a very, very back? happy man. Absolutely. If I get an opportunity to come back, I'll put my hand up for the right. next 50 think... years if it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it has been Australian royalty here this weekend. It's been uh, it's been Georgie Gregan. It's been Kylie Minogue and yourself. Yeah. What well, a trio. Yeah, that's a uh, fair trio there for uh, Georgie Gregan and Kylie Minogue. I don't know about me, but um, I wish I had the opportunity to meet Kylie. That would have been nice. But you maybe get next your place time. in, maybe next you get that place. We can sort it out as well. I'm sure she's around and about at the moment. We had a curfew. So I hear. So I hear. Tommy, May uh, and Lucy Lewis, thank you so much indeed. We'll let you get back to the team debrief I think that's the way we put it live on there thank you very much indeed enjoy that one thanks boys. see you boys thank you very much uh, as I mentioned we will be talking to the Secretary General of the UAE Rugby Federation in just a few moments time uh, he's live with us here on the show this is The Grill live at the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens Let's give you a score update. Let's go to the Premier League first and foremost. Early kickoffs in the Premier League, Mark Archer. Yeah, early kickoffs up in uh, Goodison Park. It's Everton hosting Chelsea. Everton struggling the season. The fired managers. It's uh, and I can tell you that they've taken the lead though. They were two 0 up against Chelsea. Goals for Richarlison uh, with a header after five minutes, and then Calvert Lewis doubled the lead. But Chelsea have struck back recently. It's the man from Croatia, Mateo Kovacic, has volleyed in from twenty yards. So currently. 54 minutes gone, I can tell you that it's Everton 2, Chelsea nil, and uh, Chelsea 1, and one score also from the league, I can tell you, Real Madrid are leading Espanyol after 83 minutes, two goals to nil. Thanks, mate. What's going on in the rugby? Let's go uh, to yes. the, uh, well, let's stay here at the MSA line to buy a rugby serve and CVR. Absolutely, Tom. It's the third place playoff amongst the ladies. It's Australia taking on the USA, and what I can tell you in the first half, it's about... It's nearly finished. USA leading Australia 12 points to zero in the Challenge Cup in Europe. Currently, Toulon are taking on London Irish. They lead that fixture 15 points to seven. And then, of course, in the Champions Cup, it's Northampton Saints against Leinster. Leinster lead that fixture 19 points to 16. So many partners involved in an event like the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens. None more so than the UAE Rugby Federation, who are helping to uh, spread the word of rugby here in the region for nationals, for Emiratis, for uh, those who have all backgrounds uh, and ethnicities, all coming together under the banner of rugby. And one man who has been integral to that uh, is the UA Rugby Federation Secretary General, Case Al Delai, who joins us now live on the show. Case, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Um, as we sit here and the sun goes down on another year at the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens, how proud are you for how far rugby has come here in the region? Yeah, uh, you know, apart from being an Emirati, you know, this is the 50th anniversary of the tournament. And it is like two days of full of joy, full of happiness, we are receiving people from across the world, more than 3,000 athletes, more than 300 teams. 
So I think all in all, uh, it's, it's really two days of happiness, especially with the 48th anniversary of the UE. So I think the, the game is growing everywhere in the world and in the UE and especially in Dubai Sevens, being the best, um, the most prestigious Sevens event in the world. I think uh, the UE is doing a great job in growing the game at the grassroots level. So I couldn't agree more. Uh, part of that success is down to the pathway programs that you've helped to put into place, including uh, the National Schoolboys Tournament. Eight teams uh, coming together from around the United Arab Emirates, uh, concluding on a final right there on pitch one in front of several thousand, several tens of thousands of fans here, live TV streaming as well. We saw Sharjah beat Ajman a little earlier on today. Again, another initiative that I'm sure you're very proud of. Yeah, we have started this Emirati Schools Tournament, uh, one, of, one of the categories at Dubai Sevens for the last four years. And uh, when you see the history of winners, the first edition in 2015 was a team from Abu Dhabi. Then the following year, a team from Al Ain. Last year, a team from Dubai. And this year, from Sharjah. So you can see that the game is spreading across the seven Emirates. And you can't expect something more than this in, in a country that is a soccer-oriented country. When you have rugby uh, among the indigenous players, that's something that everybody should be proud of. And especially our sponsors, HSBC, they are sponsoring the grassroots level. So I think we are on the right track. We are on the right track. In case uh, it'd be remiss of us to move too far into the interview without firstly congratulating you on the recent great news as well. Thank you. Uh, you've done a wonderful job as heading up the UAE organization, but a bigger role awaits. You've been made uh, president of the Asian Rugby Union, uh, the Confederation there. Thank you. And firstly, congratulations from all of us at Dubai Eye, the sports Thank team. Thank you very much. Uh, a wonderful achievement. What's the hopes, what's the vision now that you're in charge of Asian rugby? Fine. Um, you have to ask yourself, uh, in the last election two weeks ago in Indonesia, in Bali, I was contesting against a Japanese chap. And Japan is a powerhouse of rugby in Asia and in the world. They are one of the ten global ranking teams. So for me to be winning in this important election, it gives a great signal and sign that member unions of Asian countries are, are, are supporting UE and they are trusting what we are doing here. So I think um, there is a big hope on, uh, on me because I came from this country and they have seen what we have done here. And Dubai Sevens is one of the factors that helped me to be president of Asian Rugby. So I think it's a tough job for, for the coming two years term. But I'll do my best to reflect what Dubai Sevens have proven to the world. I'll do the same with the Asian countries. And what's your mission? What do you hope to achieve in the two years? What, okay. In two years' time, if you look back at your, your, your tenure as the president, what can you say that you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Fine. My first priority is, uh, is to bring global sponsorship to the, to the Asian Rugby Union. Because at the moment, Asian Rugby Union has no sponsor for the last four years. One of my biggest mandates is to bring global sponsors to the Asian Rugby. And the second uh, priority is to have a proper competition structure for the 7s and 15s. And you know, Asia is so diverse from you know, Guam until Lebanon, from Kazakhstan to Indonesia. It's the biggest continent. So you can't have a standard competition across the region unless you have a proper homework. This is what I'm trying to do now. A dedicated 7th season and a dedicated 15th season. Guys, what do you feel we, you have done very, very well in Dubai that you will now implement in your new role? What is the one thing that you want to take that you feel, look here, we've really perfected this in Dubai, and if we carry this over into the Asian region, we'll make it a much more stronger and competitive region. The first, the first and the only one that is undoubtedly the best thing to do is what I have done in grassroots level in the UAE.
that's the thing that everyone is talking about. You know, we are again a soccer-oriented nation. Nobody knows rugby when it comes to the indigenous players. But, you know, expatriates are already playing the game since 50 years in the UAE. If I reflect this into the Asian arena, you will find Vietnamese, Cambodian, Lebanese, Palestinian, they all play the game. This is what I want to bring to Asia as a practice from UAE. In terms of the growth of rugby here, what would you say are the biggest challenges? Obviously, you've got a very sort of regional uh, scope at the moment, but in terms of the continuing growth of the game here, uh, I know you've done a lot to try and get rugby into as many schools yes, as yes. possible. Is that going to continue? Of course. Then why, we, why, we, why I'm saying that it will continue? Because uh, we have taken a preventive action two years ago when we signed a memorandum of association with the Ministry of Education. So that's already a valid MOU and it will carry for the remaining of like let's say 10 years 20 years so for me uh, uh, continuing growing the game in the UAE it's already secured because th the only access you got is the schools and I got it so apart from this where are you gonna bring youth of course from schools and this is all doors are open now for us the national team let's talk about the national yeah. team uh, we've got Apollo Perolina can see him uh, not a million miles behind you at the moment he's doing extraordinary uh, work with the national team at the moment helping to to grow it and get more and more people recognized is that is that also an important element as a sort of you, you we talked about pathway but looking up something to aspire to of course don't forget that world rugby always rank unions on the 15 aside teams yeah. so definitely Apollo Perlini is the director of rugby and he takes care of all national teams whether it's sevens or fifteens men's or women's or age group so uh, looking at the 15 aside competition our team won last I mean this in division two so we are now promoted to division one division one is the division just below the three top teams like Hong Kong Korea and Japan and then division one Malaysia UE Philippines and Kazakhstan so and in, in terms of 15 aside we are doing well in terms of the seven aside, we have a very strong team, uh, whether it is an Emirati team or a mixed team. So because we are giving the chance for expatriate to be part of the national side, uh, we cannot neglect all the expatriate players that they are playing a good game here. So they are always selected and they are the one that Emirati should learn from. Case, I'm conscious of time. I'm keeping an eye on the clock over there because I know that this man is very much in demand. He's got to be handing out trophies in a few moments' time as well. So I'm going to let you get on. I uh, just want to say a big thank you to you for taking time to speak to us here live on the show. And again, uh, just to reiterate what Mark was saying, congratulations on the new appointment, the new president of Asian Rugby. Case, Adelaide, thank you so much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for Dubai Eye. Thank you for all the support that you are providing the UAE Rugby. You are a great partner. Thank you so much indeed. Our thanks to Case uh, for being live with us here on the showcase. Thank you very much. Enjoy, enjoy the remainder of the tournament, fellas. Uh, talking of the remainder of the tournament, we're keeping an eye on the second half uh, as we were with Case. What's happening there? What a bruising encounter, Tom. What an absolute... That's what's going on in the second half of this uh, third, fourth playoff. Uh, very much an uh, uh, Australia. Well, it's all about the, uh, the United States of America at the moment. Another try going in just as we speak. Yeah, Tom, as I said, they, quite, quite the upset here. Australia really struggling to hang on here. Three minutes, 13 seconds played. USA now leading Australia 17 points to zero. Of course, this is the bronze medal match. And as I say, it's a bruising encounter between these two ladies. But USA at the moment looking the stronger of the two. Indeed, they are. So we're keeping an eye on that one, Mr. Mark Archer. Uh, There's also the small matter of all things football ongoing. But let's uh, just mark your card. You've got the card in front of us there. So what can we look forward to? Yeah, it's the cup final action taking place on pitch one. First up will be at 7, uh, 6.33 to be precise. 
It's the ladies HSB Series World Final. It'll be uh, New Zealand taking on Canada. New Zealand uh, got past the USA earlier today, 24 points to 7 in their semi-final. And Canada upset Australia, 20, 26 points to 12. So the first final today will be New Zealand, Canada, and then... It's the South Battle of the Southern Hemisphere Giants. South Africa will take on New Zealand. The big question I posed at the start of the show is, will there be a New Zealand double in the desert, Apollo Perilini? Well, let's wait and see now. Uh, that's a nice little cue up to our next guest. Uh, he has just sat down uh, in front of us, dual, called Inter uh, dual code international uh, with, of course, uh, Samoa and Western Samoa, uh, the man uh, that is the director of rugby uh, here in the region for the UAE Rugby Federation. Uh, he is Mr. Apollo Perilini, who's done so much uh, for rugby here uh, since he... How long has it been in uh, AP since you've been in the region? Uh, 50 years. Almost as old as the... Don't give away your age, George. Please, don't give away your age. Uh, ten years. Ten yeah, years ten now. Years, ten years. Uh, and you've been building, building, building throughout. You've just been, you sat down in the very same seat uh, that Case was in just a few, uh, just a few moments ago. Uh, the new president of Asia Rugby. How significant is that, that a man from the United Arab Emirates has been asked to represent the region now? I think it's, it's very, very exciting. Uh, exciting for us, I think, as, as, as a region because he, he had a lot of support from the, uh, the various countries around the regions and he is just proposing a lot of plans for change. I think, I think he, wants a great, he wants a greater game, he wants a, the, the game to expand a little bit more than what it has been into in, in China and, um, and India, especially it, it is the biggest region in the world uh, population wise and I, and I think it's important that he has a vision for it and I think that's where he's He's encouraging the unions, but he's also trying to encourage, well, building my courage up to, to be part of that sort of um, that dream that he has uh, for, the, for the region. He was just talking about the national team, the importance of the national team as well. I know that's something so close to your heart. It's something that you've been uh, telling people about left, right and centre for a long, long time. Where are we at with the national team at the moment? It's growing. Um, I mean, today we, I had seven, uh, seven uh, Emirati teams out there today. Uh, we had uh, four schoolboy teams. Uh, one girl, uh, female under 19s team, and two men's team. So we're slowly building from a development perspective. But as far as a, a sort of a national team, representative team, a competitive team, we've got a, a, a nice group of expats who represent this country, proudly represent this country. AP, just touching on that, and, and, and it's fantastic to see the young Emiratis coming through, but as you say, the, 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 the main team is still made majority of, of, of expatriates because obviously they've been playing the game a lot longer. How will this new rule that the IRB want to bring in where it's five years to quali qualify now to, to play for a country basically affect your national team? Um, at the moment, we've got a, a strong base of players that have, have done already done three years. So if the majority of have already played and represented, and, and, and I think... It will, it will slow things down as far as uh, our competition, competitive team um, is concerned. But um, it means that we've got to really work hard on our development um, process of, of bringing through the Emiratis. Does Speaking that mean that your 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 your, time, your your cap gets rescinded or not or not? No, no, no. I'm safe. You sure? I'm safe. Still got it's safe. It's cap. safe. Got the five in the pocket. <laughs> and they get, it's they going nowhere. They you. can't take that away from you. Despite the fact that you hadn't done the five years at the time or not? At the time, I was with in regulation. Oh right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that counts, does it? <laughs> Absolutely. I can't no. backdate it's it. It's no? just recently changed. Tom, just recently. Just pickpocket. I was going to say, AP. I guess the the upside of all the success of all the UAE teams performing at the different levels, men's and women's today, means that you haven't been able to pull on the boots this year, because we have seen you in the past put the boots on and make a, a cameo appearance out there in the, in the pitches, and uh, 
are, are you fully retired? Are you semi-retired? Because we've seen some, again, joining Jackson brought the league boys together and some of the reunion boys here. You're not tempted to go out there and lead from the front? Uh, show the way. Samoa had a great tournament. Mate, mate, it doesn't matter what. You can put money in front of me. I ain't going to play. This 1.2 diesel just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you know, every now and then when I get up in the morning, I've got to pull the choke as well. <laughs> and, and, push start. And a road. push start. Yeah, every now and then I get the odd push start. Crank but the clutch. It, it's, it's struggling. It's struggling. It struggles just to, just to walk 500 metres. So, uh, it, yeah. No, uh, that, to be honest, I mean, as, as a 50-year-old now, Mark, <laughs> uh, I've got to look after my body. And, and the, the vets now is made up of a lot of boys have just turned 35 yeah. so it's not fair you've got 15 <laughs> years on me so uh no i'm not going to do that there's just so much more to hear download our podcasts at dubaii 1038.com